football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Want to sit downstairs for Wisconsin, Arizona State, in the end zone? Tickets as low as 104, 300, around the 50-yard line. What's the actual 50? Well, that's about 500. Upstairs, though, you can get in for about 55 bucks. So this that's thing will be bad. sold out. This thing will be sold out. It was $55 to get in the stadium? Uh, right now on the secondary market. That's, yeah. not actually, that's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. But it, it'll go up. Yeah, no, that, I'm telling you right now, you want to go to Las Vegas. Keep no, going. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Steve. No, you want to go to Las Vegas. Well, you get, get those tickets. That's a great price for what that, that, that – on December 30th. And the reason – you know why else it's going to go up? Because the demand for hotel rooms and everything else, people are going to be making their New Year's Eve plans, and they're going to be coming to Vegas. Snatch those tickets today. Yep. Yeah. The matchup itself, what do you think? Wisconsin-Arizona State. I like it. I mean, I think the line's right. I, I made the line uh, eight. I think it's seven. Um, you know, Wisconsin's improved dramatically as the season has progre- progressed. Um, and I think both teams, you know, there was once a point in time uh, in this during this season that we all, well, I did at least, I said, wow, Arizona State could possibly find itself challenging for a playoff spot. You know, they, they were playing, and then they just sort of played. By the way, I, I didn't think that once I saw them against UNLV. I thought good team, not great team. So they finished up about where I thought they'd finish up. But I, I never thought they were the best team in the Pac-12 South. No, you didn't? No. No. Too inconsistent all year. And right now the number is seven. Wait, the total is 43. But wait a minute. They played Arizona. They played UNLV early on for you to make that assessment. Kind of early. Yeah, I, just think, I don't think Jane Daniels is dynamic enough passer to lead them to the highest heights. He's a good player. He's a good player. On the other side, Wisconsin can't throw the ball either, but they've got a better power running game. And as Tina pointed out, Arizona State's been beat up now running back since I got to see him at the beginning of the season. <laughs> they opened the season 5-1. and one. They closed the season split in their last six. Um, Oregon State really kind of stuck it to them they would could have closed on a four game run i think their big i think that at the time their staple mark win was the 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 42 23 win at ucla and that was the point where people were like oh man this team is for real but then when they went to utah utah kind of smacked them around and so we are where we're at i think you know wisconsin probably has the upper hand it's it's going to be a lot more physical it's been a lot more consistent um Coming out of the Big Ten, I, 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 I mean, I lean toward Wisconsin. I haven't run the numbers, and I do have the – I have a computer program, little spreadsheet program that I've run every single year, and I sit there and I punch in a ton of data, and it spits out projected final scores, and I look for dogs predicted to win outright, overwhelming favorites, and the totals, and it generally does all right. The, the greater the disparity in, for, you know, compared to the point spread is where I kind of rate the plays. So, um, I'll get back to you on the, on my locks. Weird deal in uh, Fresno where mm. it may be Jeff Tedford. 
well, going back, and he left the last time around because of uh, some health issues. I don't know if I'm a Fresno fan. I think I want to go younger, not to be an ageist, but I'd like to get someone who's on their way up and is going to stay for five or six years at least. Or at least just somebody different. And the, the word, I don't know, the, I'm not going to say the word I got. Um, from everything I heard around the Tedford program, he, he wasn't exactly, like, super outgoing and pushing the program. Um, I, I think you need an energy guy. They have some good things going on now, and I'm, I'm sure they're disappointed they lost Kalen DeBoer. But uh, I don't know if I'd be in love with Jeff Tedford. Move on. So you talked to Mario Cristobal, sort of, uh, after the game on Friday night, the Pac-12 championship, and he was a little bit curt and basically saying, don't ask about the Miami job. Now, he's moved on to Miami. I still haven't heard from him, by the way. Yeah. If he, he has something to report, he'll, he, said, he said, if I have something to report, I'll report it. I've always been that way. Now what does Oregon do? And is Oregon just because of Phil Knight really a blue blood? Or do they still have to deal with the reality that you're in Eugene, Oregon, and there are no players there? And uh, Southern California is closed now. Sorry. But Lincoln Riley's in Southern Cal. So you're not walking in and getting all the Southern California players anymore, nor are you going to Texas and getting a bunch of players because all the money that is poured into all those Texas programs. Good luck to Oregon picking the right guy. Yeah, I read a, an interesting story. I thought the story you tweeted out had that one. no one. That Yeah, it, it was odd. Like, it, was it clickbait? I mean, they put Chip Kelly on there. Chip Kelly's not leaving. Yet. I mean, if you're an Oregon fan, I, I, I was talking to an Oregon fan yesterday who was saying that Chip Kelly's the guy. Really? I don't think You want to so. go back in, in time? Is it going to work? No. I, I think there's a lot of people believe that what Chip Kelly did was innovative. But everyone else is caught up to what Chip, Chip Kelly was doing, so you can't do the same thing. Like, he's been good, not great at UCLA. I'm not saying he should get fired at UCLA, but if I'm Chip Kelly, I am not. I don't think I'm going back to Oregon. I can recruit the same guys where, where I was recruiting him from, and I'm at UCLA. I don't need to go to Eugene, Oregon. I have, I have, I have news for you. I would have a problem with, even though we are in, a, in an age of where there's quick turnover, I would have a problem with Chip Kelly getting fired at UCLA. I would have a big problem with it, regardless of the fact that he's 18 and 25 in, in Westwood. I, I really would. You went through a pandemic season. The first, the uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson first year, they dealt with injuries up and down that offensive line. That kid was under duress the entire season. That was, I think, they played Cincinnati that year. Cincinnati came in, whooped up on him. I think I want to say San Diego State. That was a game I went to, beat him. That's. He's gone through a tough time. He's gone through a lot of adversity. His offense, this was the first year that they had a chance to really thrive, and I thought that they – I think that he's improved as the team has improved. And I want to say that Dorian has made him a better coach, and he has made – he made that program better and made Dorian better because he had to deal with – he had to deal with things he probably didn't have to deal with at Oregon where they had the – big-time players coming in, and it was so, some like handed a talented roster and then use your offensive mind. I think he really had to dig deep into his coaching playbooks and coach at UCLA, and I think he deserves a little more time. I would have a problem with him getting fired. He's not going year. anywhere. Uh, Joe Moorhead was on the list that you sent over. This is from a blog. Uh, yeah. He's already got the Akron job. I'm sure he was told before he took the Akron job that if Cristobal left, you still have no shot at this job, so good luck. Go there. Matt Campbell's not leaving Iowa State to go to freaking Eugene, Oregon. Um, Kelly's not coming back, and Dave Aranda is an intriguing name, but why would Dave Aranda leave the Big 12 now? No. He's basically got the same kind of backing that the coaches have at Oregon. He's got gigantic money behind him. The Big 12 is actually going down in terms of quality, so now he can be the bully on the block and 
Baylor, that community, has proven that you can do anything you want. Football comes first over everyone, sadly, including the safety of women on campus. But the bigger picture there is football is king there, so he can do whatever he wants. Baylor's a good job. I'm not leaving Baylor to go to Oregon. No. And, again, where are the players? You want to be at places where players are right there. It's a giant pain in the ass to have to go to the other talent-rich areas in this country and then pitch them on your area, your tiny, crappy weather area. Oh, the scenery's beautiful. Great. Baylor's got players right there. USC has players right there. Miami has players right there. We were talking off the air about the recruits that are up and down Mario Cristobal's timeline that he that retweeted, guys, just earlier this month. And it's what? What's the date today? The 6th? So in the last six days, he's retweeted guys that are ready to ver- – they verbally committed. Signing day's coming up. How quick does Oregon have to make a move in order to not only preserve, hopefully, some of those recruits, but guys that are on that team so they don't enter the transfer portal? They need to hurry up and hire somebody. That's the other thing. They need to get someone in there fast. It's going to be fascinating because, you know, they're going to throw a lot of money around, and uh, it is interesting that you've got a guy out there now in Joe Brady who will find out more why he was dumped, but Joe Brady was a hot candidate for the NFL. Maybe he goes right to the top of the list at Oregon. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher, and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. I know I can control how I lead the guys. I'm not out there making the play calls. It's my job to whatever he called to make it shake and to make it work. Um, and that's what I try to do. But like I said, I feel like the guys, we kind of just come out slow. And that's, and that's everybody, including me. Something that we got to find a way to, to be better. I don't, I don't really have the answer. I've really been searching for that answer. Live inside Twin Peaks, it's Cofield and Company. Everyone's trying to find answers to the Raiders. Josh Jacobs talking about coming out slow. I don't know if that's finger-pointing because he did say, including me, he looked fine yesterday. We'll get into the Raiders and uh, betting this weekend. Dave Koken is up with us from DC and the Sunshine Man podcast. He's up with Willie and Cofield here at Twin Peaks. Dave, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Uh, looking forward to uh, what should be a fun game tonight between the Bills and Patriots. Uh, um, a lot of the line. Yeah, what are you going to do with it? Because uh, the weather, I mean, that looks unbelievable. The wind. Yeah, uh, the last couple of videos I've seen, holy crap! But the total is very low. Yeah, it, well, it's gotten beat up. I mean, they're betting the under like it's like the game's already been played, and I can't argue against it. I mean, it, it looks like it's going to be very difficult to throw the ball and kick the ball, and you could have some strange stuff out there tonight. So I would think points are going to be at a premium. Thirty-nine and a half, forty is the total. Are you are you going with the side right now? Buffalo's three in most places. There's a two and a half out there. No, I'm not. I'm not playing the game. Um, I don't like going against Belichick when he gets this hot. I made that mistake last week and paid for it, uh, so I'm not going to do it again. Uh, but I, I, if you're asking me who I think's going to win, I think Buffalo will win the game, but I'm not willing to back that up with money. Davey, I don't know. I'm sitting here looking at a video I was pointing to Steve. Steve's looking around what I'm pointing at, but it's, you can see it. Just the snow is moving sideways. Yeah. And they're, they, all three uh, analysts on the TV look frigid. Um, 
I, I, I well, the cold weather is fine. If the wind dies down a little bit, then it's okay. It's the wind, right, Dave? I mean, that you don't always worry about snow. It's the freaking wind you worry about. That's why I just yeah. said it's moving yeah. sideways. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a mess. Uh, yeah. It's a mess. You're, you're looking at, uh, I guess, consistent winds of about 20, and it could be gusting up to 50. Um, <laughs> that's not easy to play in. It's not easy to live in. No. That's why we're not in Buffalo. We're in Vegas, right? Yeah. Uh, all right, Dave. We I want to go back to this last weekend, but first, I want to look ahead briefly. College bowl betting, it's different now than I think it's ever been um, because of the unpredictability of rosters. Right. Uh, now, that said, I already put in six bets yesterday. I got all, you know, froggy about it. But I, the, the game that is fascinating to me is Oklahoma and Oregon because neither one – well, Oklahoma's going to have a coach – if I were Venables, I'd want to freaking set the tone and coach in the game. I don't know what Oregon will have. And then the other part of it is, is Oklahoma going to have a quarterback because Caleb Williams might go into the transfer portal any second now. Yeah, I, 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 I've always been one who likes to bet the bulls early. But uh, I didn't last year because I was afraid of what the rosters might look like with guys declaring for the NFL draft and not bothering to play in meaningless games. And I think the same thing's going to happen this year. And one of the things that we've learned over the past couple of years is teams with multiple opt-outs don't do well. It seems to have a real impact on the entire team in terms of concentration. So I'm going to wait and see who's playing and who's not and then make my moves at that point. All right, let's talk about this weekend. I saw uh, yesterday, did you have a 5-0 and day? And it was like all over the place, right? You played some college basketball, some hockey, and some NFL. I had two in college basketball, one in the NHL, and uh, – Chargers and uh, football team and Washington in the NFL. I, I think the Raiders are a go against. Now, I, look, um, for a week coming out of the Gruden thing, it's like, okay, well, they, they really galvanized and came out and played a great game. Uh, and then the Rugs thing happened, and since then, it's pretty clear the focus is not there. Uh, they can say whatever they want in post game press conferences. I, I think the team's got a lot of distractions. And, uh, I'd be really surprised if they get to eight wins. Um, so they're they're dead, as far as the playoffs go. They were they were terrible yesterday, and uh, I, I think that's that's a fade team the rest of the way. How did you feel about the Chargers the way the game went? You got your cover uh, on paper. It looked easy, but it was not easy in the middle of the game. Oh, weird game because it's twenty four nothing, and then it's twenty four twenty two, and Cincinnati's driving. And fortunately for me and for the Chargers, Mixon put the ball on the floor and scoop and score, and that was it. Um, the Chargers desperately needed to win. And Cincinnati is still a team that's not quite there yet. They are very inconsistent. But they're getting better. There's no question about that. Dave Koken, wagertalk.com is where you can find all of his plays. He does a Thursday podcast with us, DC and the Sunshine Man podcast. Um, you went hardcore on college basketball. Is that what you've been doing, kind of going deeper than rather than play some of the big-name schools? I'm looking for edges, and uh, I use a site called um, uh, shotquality.com, which has the most extensive breakdowns I've ever seen. It's not just a bunch of number of ratings, which you can, you know, ratings can be one person's opinion or, or how, however they've got things programmed. This is a really good breakdown that indicates games in which the team got lucky because they were making tough shots as opposed to other games where a team got unlucky, where they were getting good looks and just missing them. And I think there's tremendous value that can be garnered out of that stuff. So it's helping. And, uh, yeah, pretty pleased with the way college basketball is starting to go now. How about hockey for you? Hockey's been good all year. 
and we'll see what happens tonight. We've got two new coaches replacing fired coaches, and we'll see if the two teams, uh, if it has an impact. We've already seen one instance this year where it clearly has had a positive impact, and that's the Blackhawks. So the Canucks and Flyers will be hoping for the same resolution as uh, they moved out a couple of coaches who everybody knew were going to get fired anyway. It's the thing I like about the NHL. They don't wait around. It's like, okay, this is done. Let's go. Dave Kogan's with us. Looking ahead in the NFL, based on what you saw from football team yesterday, Washington, plus four against Dallas? I haven't even looked at the weekend yet, so I, I don't even know who's playing at this point. Um, so I can't give you any information there. But I don't want Dallas right now. I know that. Dallas is struggling. I mean, I know they got the win this past week, but they weren't real good in that game. And they haven't had a good game in quite some time. College football, looking ahead, before we get to the Bulls, I don't want to play against a streak. Is it 18 in a row or is it 15 or whatever it is on the under in the Army-Navy game? It's something crazy. The total is now 34 and a half. Yeah. Well, I mean, the market knows it. But these teams know what the other team's going to do. They see it every day in practice. And that option attack isn't as daunting offensively when you've got defenses that are used to playing against it. So I think it explains why you get low-scoring games from that standpoint. The other is that there's no passing, so the clock just keeps on running. Uh, it's, they're, they're games that barely last three hours as a rule, which is unheard of in today's college football. But this game's going to move along, and Army might never throw the ball, and Navy probably only throws it if they have to when they're behind. So it could very well be another 21-10 type of game. That's 15 unders in a row. Uh, college football Final Four, first of all, were you surprised that Alabama handled Georgia so easily? So easily? Yeah. Yeah, very surprised at that. I'm not surprised Alabama won, but, I mean, they killed them. Especially, they were down 10 nothing. Uh, they just slaughtered them at that point. And Alabama now suddenly looks like the team to beat. So, uh, it's in the number. I mean, you're going to have to pay the pay through the nose if you want to bet Alabama and Georgia, but it's going to be tough to argue against those two teams because Georgia's a lot better than they showed yesterday. Are you bothered by the fact that we have a committee, they're supposed to be seeding this thing, they're not supposed to take into account rematches or what TV needs, are they? Why isn't Michigan number one? Well, uh, probably because Alabama's just got a higher power rating at this point. They have all season. Wait a I mean, second. The, commi- the committee's not looking at power. They haven't looked at power ratings no all year idea. long. I have no idea what the what the committee looks like. Well, looks based at. on TV. And I don't think that's what it they is. Don't, they don't have an idea either. Well, uh, I'm told sorry, by TV Cond- we don't want a rematch. So don't Condoleezza give us a rematch Rice, in the semis. Condoleezza Rice does not come to mind as a football expert. Uh, Georgia and Michigan. Can Michigan stay in this? It's crossed over to seven and a half now. I think it'll keep going up. Uh, yeah, I, look, the SEC has proved to be awfully good in these, and the Big Ten hasn't. I mean, it's just a stronger conference. So um, I think the number is going to get to be unplayable. Uh, I, I I don't think it's that much of a I think Michigan's really good. So if it, get, if it gets high enough, I might actually take a shot with Michigan. But, but I think Georgia's probably going to beat them. Look, and- the question for Georgia now is who are they going to put at quarterback? Well, that's, that is a major question. What, what's the holdup here? I mean, Stetson Bennett is not a big-time quarterback. There isn't much upside there. No, he's a game manager, and that's it. Uh, but 
he's in some ways safer than the other kid. Who I guess. He can put the ball up for grabs. And I think Georgia's mindset is let's just stop the other team. And I don't think what Alabama did is going to change that mindset at all. Alabama's got the Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback. Michigan's good, but they don't have that kind of an offense. There's a 14 out there now with Bama. Does this keep going through 14 against Cincinnati? Yep. yep. And Cincinnati's a great story, but they're probably in a, over their heads here. How high would it have to go before you're like, all right, I gotta, I gotta buy back on Cincinnati? I don't, I don't think there's a number out there that I'll, I'll buy Cincinnati on. Oh wow. I, they're, right, they're, they're, they're probably going to get overmatched in this game. What do you got coming up this week on Wager Talk? Uh, the usual, doing football, basketball, hockey, uh, and uh, glad I didn't do it. I'm really glad I didn't do any golf this past weekend. I like Morikawa, and I like Burns, and that would have been a real tough beat with Morikawa uh, blowing it on, the, on Sunday and, uh, and Burns just missing. So I saved some money there. Dave, we'll talk to you. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. See you later. There he is, Dave Koken, wagertalk.com. What do you think of the the way the seedings came out? I mean, not a surprise, but this this weird acceptance of, you know what, let's do it on the other side. I want, I want to get back to this weird acceptance of, well, you know, they don't want to have a rematch. It, it doesn't matter what they want. Seed the freaking teams based on the results and power numbers and the eye test and other information you have, not we don't want to see a rematch. Too bad. Domestic drafts under four bucks and appetizers for two dollars, four dollars, and six dollars. All at Twin Peaks. What did you see there? How are you able to to use that to your advantage? Yeah, they sent a little three deep fire zone, brought the nickel off the edge, safety dropped down. Uh, it didn't look like they were doing a replacement fire zone, so I knew at the back away we were gonna get three pushing through. Um, I had an opportunity to kind of run in there if I could beat my guy and just had to beat the safety to the end zone. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. I mean, you worry, as a sideline reporter, if you're going to get a good answer. Uh, I mean, he gave an answer. I don't know what Cooper Cup just said there. That was awesome. A bit convoluted, but he knew what he was saying. and, and uh, That's all that matters. You know, the, the Rams people knew what he was saying. Sure. The rest of us were like, what? Slow down. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? All right, the seedings yesterday for the college football playoff before we get back to some more NFL. What is this notion that can't have a rematch? If that's the way the team should be seated, then let's have a rematch. Now, I don't – these aren't my rankings, but Michigan went out as a number two team and destroyed Iowa. They should be number one. Absolutely. And if you don't believe Cincinnati is one of the top three teams, then they should be four, and Georgia and Alabama should be playing in the semifinals. That's it. What is this bull crap about can't have a rematch? Says who? That's what I believe. I believe just because Alabama beat Georgia doesn't mean they're now the number one team. Michigan was number two. They not only beat Iowa, they destroyed Iowa. And Alabama handled Georgia, yes, but Michigan's win was more impressive. Michigan should be number one. Alabama should be number two. Your number one drops to number three. And Cincinnati's number four. If you want to play hokey games and you don't want to rematch, well, then move Cincinnati up and drop your number one team down to four. But however you're going to do it, I personally felt Michigan should have been number one. And, yes, I'm with you. Quit playing politics because you know what's going to happen. It's going to bite them in their ass. And now I want Michigan and Cincinnati to win. 
I wouldn't have George in, so. I know. Um, you think you would have dropped him out of the top? I four? would have dropped him out. Completely. Well, the, you, well, the, well the, you've, the, you've been sour on them since. Well, not, the, sou- since not sour. I, I didn't have him number one for the last, like, four or five weeks. I had Cincinnati. But the more you started to look at results around the SEC, Georgia played no one all year. Their right. best win is Clemson. They hardly had a crossover against the West. The West is the division, the division in the SEC. The East stinks at times. Kentucky solid. But so, Florida, like the, the Florida win doesn't mean crap. Even Florida told you that. They fired the coach. Since the release of the first CFP, the Cofield football playoff rankings. CFPR. You have been sour, and you because you took it all the way back to January when Georgia lost to was it January? Yeah. Lost to Cincinnati. Cincinnati in so, the Peach Bowl. And then you said that they their 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 quality their body of work this season. Okay, if you don't like the word sour, come up with something else. But you have not been high on right. Georgia all season. I'll tell you, I'm sour on Stephen Bennett since the CFP, yeah. the Cofield Football Power uh, Playoff Rankings. Almost. Um, so. You want him out. Okay, so who's your fourth? I would add Notre Dame in. Really? Yep. Because it's Notre Dame or because you think that they're the top? No, I think Notre Dame's really good. Okay. So so the, would they be four or three in front of Cincinnati? Notre Dame would have been four. So you'd have Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. I'll hash it out tomorrow for you. I just know my top four. got to think about it more. Because I actually didn't have Michigan one. And now the more I've thought about it, I was like, they kicked the crap out of Iowa. Yeah. Although I did have Cincinnati one, so it would be tough to jump Michigan up to one. You've had Cincinnati, Cincinnati. one from since, the, since the, CF, the first CFP. But remember, I also had Alabama seven going into last week. So Yeah. But, you know, they got the benefit of going against a guy who is uh, not a great quarterback. And Kirby Smart is a conservative guy, and he won't, he won't go with the, uh, the most upside quarterback in JT Daniels. So instead he gets to coach on the sidelines and give Stetson Bennett pep talks, which is stupid. Uh, quarterbacks yesterday in the AFC West. Mm. I mean, clear delineation as to why there are two teams sitting tied at the bottom. It's not a terrible bottom, 6-6. Six and six. And the top two teams have great quarterbacks. Herbert yesterday I thought was a little high on some of his passes, but some of the stuff he threw out there was ridiculous. And while the Chiefs aren't humming on offense, their defense is good enough. And, frankly, you don't have to hum on offense when you've got Teddy Bridgewater on the other side, who has been – Anything but a caretaker versus Drew Locke. He made way too many mistakes yesterday. Who was – well, we won't know. Well, who, who, is your, who is your top AFC West quarterback and who is your worst? Oh, Bridgewater's clearly the worst. And I would say from there it's Carr three, Herbert two, Mahomes one. I'm not ready to move Herbert ahead of Mahomes yet. I know that – Or ever. I don't know. I know that it, a couple of weeks ago we talked about you know where we were at with the AFC West, and I think I made mention of it. And I know I did the night of Thanksgiving. I did um, a radio show, which actually the network was being broadcast here on on, on this station, nice. um, Sports Map. And so they wanted me to come on and talk Raiders, and I told them that I thought the most dangerous team at this time is the Los Angeles Chargers, because at the beginning of the season when Kansas City was sort of out there we didn't know what to think of the, what was going on with that team yeah. but the chargers had knocked up the raiders that monday night and uh-huh. they had really been playing well and i said you know at this point everyone's high on the Chargers or the chiefs because they're making this run but i think the chargers because i don't think that they're 
as bad as we're seeing. I think they're just going through that midseason lull that all teams do. Don't be surprised if they make that late run. Well, we'll see because now they're dealing with COVID issues, and it, yeah, they have at least one Keenan COVID positive with Keenan Allen. And who to thunk this one, right? What if I say going forward, I trust the Chiefs' defense more than the Chargers' defense? Yes, the KC defense, I trust them more than San, no, not San Diego. L.A. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Yeah, again, I you know certainly respect Josh's thoughts, and I'm not really sure what coast means to be honest with you. Um, we didn't get off to a very good start on offense, so um, he's entitled to his opinion, and uh, we'd all like to fa- start faster. We'd all like to finish a lot faster than we have as well. So we'll see what the future brings in those two categories. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. Rolling on, Twin Peaks. Monday Night Football is coming up. Willie's got uh, Golden Knights tickets. You can sign up, qualify for those. Got to be here before 6 o'clock, and we got a great game. In the wind, blowing snow, in Buffalo, cold as hell, Patriots. And the Bills. Doc Walker played for the Redskins, covered the team for a long time, has his award-winning podcast now. He gives us a little time to break down WFT for us. Doc, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Uh, we're a little frustrated. We're a little frustrated. We had Rich Masachi on the way back there talking about slow starts, and you know we'd all like to start faster, but it's been a season where the Raiders just get, out, get off uh, consistently to slow starts. Well, it's probably um, in the last 40 years, I don't know if we've had a more balanced National Football League. I mean, this is not just that game or our game. It's all the way across the board. I mean, the AFC got teams 8-4. and four. All of them are. And I don't recall that. We don't have a dominant force as we speak. Yeah. On the, on the subject of slow starts, when you played, what did – I mean, you guys are immensely talented, but what did you do to kind of set a tone early in the game that we got to come out and we have to play well from the get-go? Well, we went 0-5 here in Joe Gibbs' first season. And um, when you lose that many games, I mean, you start to question yourself, you question the scheme, you question everybody. Yeah. Uh, I've said it here, preaching to our audience, it's not about the coaches. The players have to claim the team. The coaches are going to be in this league five, ten years from now. The players won't. But you got to understand early, and I'm playing for the guy next to me and his family and my family, and that's what we had to, to come to grips with. And we just outworked people. Joe Gibbs, I mean, we 40-play scripts three times a week. We went triple day. I mean, it was ridiculous. But Dick Vermeil did the same thing. Um, Gruden does. Everybody who works extremely hard usually comes out on top. The question is, is everybody going to buy in? Or are you going to get your locker room lawyers? People start talking crap. And your team unravels from the inside, not the outside. Yeah, on that subject, it's interesting how much of that did football team go through at the beginning of the year? You didn't hear any of that, and that's why they've now bounced back to get to 500. We're playing as a team. Have a young team. Young teams have to develop. It's, uh, then you got to counter injuries like Weller. we got to play them without your number one target. Now, we lost our number one target in the game, and both of them are tight ends. They changed the game. If either team had access to both of them, we'd still be playing. That game still be going on. Because it would be one of those triple or, or 15 overtimes because I thought the teams were evenly matched. 
What happened was that once the balance changes, you lose your ace. And then your pressure, which had, you've been defined by your pressure, and really I thought our tackles did a great job in not letting your two werewolves take the game over. And then we countered by punching you in the gut with the running game. And that's really the formula. And what was it? I mean, anybody could have won. You guys dropped a pick six. So it's not like either team walked away saying we're better than you. We just outscored you. Doc, you mentioned that you, you know, your era with Washington, you played with Joe Gibbs. We're going to be talking to someone later on in the show who played on, uh, for Joe in his second era with Washington, Vernon Fox. He played safety a couple seasons with the Redskins. Oh, two yeah. Of, two of his Absolutely. eight years. Vernon has said that Joe probably was the not only the greatest football coach, but the most influential mind and spirit that he played for. What's the difference between – and did you have that same feeling in terms of what Joe brought to the human being, not just the football player, the man? Um, but the difference that you're seeing as an analyst with today's coaches compared to someone like Joe Gibbs and just the mindset and how things are, you know, formulate. You know, I could really try to sound real smart, but that would not be me. I got to keep it straight up 100. You got to now be a counselor. Because you now are dealing with 21-year-old millionaires. We had 31-year-old players that weren't millionaires yet. We were playing. We made our money in the playoffs. We got, you heard Joe Theismann in our Super Bowl 17 highlight deal. It's, we broke the huddle with $17,000 what we're going after. The Miami Dolphins stand between us and 17 G, and we're not having it. Now they're guys that that's not even a game check for them. I mean, they wouldn't even warm up for seventeen grand. So it takes a different type of leader now to get to young people. And that's why I believe that your team captains have never been more valuable in the NFL than now. And we gave a kid a rookie a C, and that to me is insane. He don't even know how to get to the practice facility. It's got to be about leadership. And, as you're, and Derek Carr, who I'm a big fan of, I think you got a raw deal. I think he's proven that he's outstanding, but nobody can do it alone. And it is unfortunate of what is happening, but it is what it is. And so harder to coach now, harder to get players focused, and then you had COVID. We never had to deal with that. And so it's really difficult now, but you're still in it, and, and almost everybody's still in it. How you close out in December will just determine your fate. It's Cowboys week for Washington. Doc Walker's with us, a longtime voice of the Washington football team, and you know played for them and won a Super Bowl, Super Bowl 17 with the organization. What does Cowboys week mean around that city, around that organization? You know, it's um, used to be I grew up in Southern Cal. So as a Raider fan, I knew what Chiefs Raiders meant. I mean, that was it. It was it was serious. You're lucky in sports if you have a rival. Not everybody does. Right. I think it's priceless. I mean, whether it's UCLA, USC for me, but in our day, I mean, it was a disgrace to see an empty coliseum a few weeks back. That game was the, it was everything. And if you have a rivalry, it doesn't start till you win one. You can't have a rivalry if the other guy always wins. Right. It's got to be that type of deal. And so 
for Dallas, Washington, even if we both suck, which has been the case here most often, although they don't ever suck from a lack of talent. They're an enigma. So all their fan base last 25 years, they're America's team, blah, blah, blah. They haven't had a significant victory in 25 years. But yet they're number one. And the thing that blows my mind is that in America, we used to be about winning. We used to be about champions. How in the hell can we consider a team that has won nothing in 25 <laughs> years? And they're America's team? Right, Not right. my America. Right, right. tell you that Not right now. <laughs> Once again, I love it. Not my, Not my America. Once again, talking to Doc Walker, longtime uh, Washington Redskin and now part of the broadcast team. So, talking about winning, if there's one team in the NFC East that's winning, it is the Washington football team. Since the bye week, they've reeled off four straight wins. If you go back to the previous two games where during a four, the end of that four-game losing streak, the defense didn't do too shabby in Green Bay and Denver. Um, and with a win this week... It's now just one game back of Dallas in the NFC East. Doc, how has this team turned things around to shut down the Buccaneers, holding them to 19? Uh, Seattle, the Raiders, back-to-back weeks, 17-15 wins. Well, I give the coordinators a lot of credit because sooner or later, whatever Jack was trying to do on defense, he realized that it wasn't working. So I think there was a compromise. Moving Landon Collins to Buffalo Nickel was a dream come true. I don't know care what he wants to play. Huh. He's dominant in that position. I would have cut him if I had to leave him to save him. So I would make it very clear. I'm paying you millions of dollars a year. What do you want to do? You want to get paid and play or do what you want to do and be gone. I love his game now. We, we didn't have him against the Raiders. I hope they get him back to Dallas. But he's in steel. He's a, they call him a box safety. And these guys act like that's an insult. If you're paying me $13 million, you can call me a jackass, and I'll take it. $13 million a year. But I don't give a damn what, what you call me if I'm making 13 mil. But so they settled that. Our front, our two talented defensive ends, were playing hero ball. So they're flying upfield, but that doesn't help the defense. Right. We need you to set an edge. And one thing I give your, both your guys, and Doc Wayne, and I, and I give both of your freaks, Max, the same credit. They play the run as well as the pass. They're complete defensive end. Now we have guys that may not be as talented from a pedigree standpoint, but they play the defense. And when we get our guys back after, you know, Chase, once you miss time in this league, he's smart, he'll get it. But they shouldn't have tolerated it. That's on the coaches. If you don't do what I ask you to do, your behind should be over there on the bench with me. And they let it go. Well, they refrain from that. Offensively, you got to run the damn ball. All these young – I hate young coordinators. I want my coordinator to have a great beard. Because all these young guys – and I'm not mad at them. They're all auditioning for work. I don't give a damn about your future. I give a damn about the present. And so nobody thinks you can run your way to a job. You got to have empty backfield and be exotic. I tell you what is exotic. When we come off that ball and knock your behind off the ball and have a back slam up and then we get 4.2 yards of carry. That's exotic to me. So finally, Coach Turner has caught on. The light has come on. So now we got a better run balance. We hog the ball. We own time of possession. And we're dominant on third down. Well, 
That's it. That's the combination of winning this league. Possession, third down efficiency, and scoring the red zone. How's the podcast going? Oh, Patreon. It's going good. I love it. Um, you know, for 28 years, I'm, quote, terrestrial, whatever you call it, kind of. I now have up the IQ of my listeners. <laughs> because now they have to be able to text or type. Right. So that eliminated half of my group. Oh, and no. So, <laughs> and so once I elevated the IQ to single above single digits, now I'm having an intellectual dialogue with people that I'm more far more comfortable with. And um, and it's also people I go, if you want to learn how this works, join me. I'm not I'm like Netflix or I'm like gasoline. You want to move forward, you gotta put me in your tank. And if you do that, I'll give you performance and I'll teach you what you don't know. Because you have no idea of understanding how to win if your team never wins. And Doc, so now we're on a streak and I've been saying this all year. Yeah. Doc, we appreciate it. Thanks for the time. And uh, I saw the lineup, you know, the last couple weeks for the podcast, so it looks like it's going real well. Congrats on that, and thanks for joining us. Hey, man, we're all stealing. I mean, we're lucky. Yes. Whenever in life you can do what you would do for free and then get paid for it, then we are winning, and we're all winning. And thank you guys for having me. It's my second home. I love Vegas. The pandemic has denied me access. I used to go four times a year. I mean, absolutely, it's my second home, and I hope to get back. And thank you guys for the opportunity. Thanks, Doc. There he is, Doc Walker. Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl 17, longtime voice, most recently as a sideline guy with the Redskins. They they reconfigured their team, so he's doing his podcast now, and he's on Fox 5 there. 364-1100, caller 7 right now. Happy holidays from ESPN Las Vegas. You've can win four tickets to Disney on Ice. Dream big. That's right now. Show's coming up January 6th to January 9th at the Thomas and Mac. You can get your own tickets at DisneyOnIce.com. And this qualifies you for the big holiday prize, giving out a 55-inch 4K smart TV. That's going to be on the 21st. But to get in, caller 7 right now, 364-1100. And you can win four tickets to Disney on Ice. Dream big. The Ultimate Sports Lodge, where you can watch every game in HD. The beer is an icy 29 degrees, and the food leaves you coming back for more. Twin Peaks Lodge in Henderson.